Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone. Happy Thursday. Great to have you with us in the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. A lot coming your way during the course of this show. We're going to talk to our buddy John Kelly, the voice of the blues. Luther Burden III, wide receiver from the University of Missouri, will join us. We're also going to talk later in the show with Greg Amzinger, who's out on the West Coast at baseball's winter meetings. He'll be coming home today. CD, how you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Isn't it amazing how when we get off this show at 10 a.m. and invariably at 9.59 the Cardinals or sports ha- makes an announcement for us? Yeah, it's interesting that that happens. Um, yeah. seem, it, it, I think the news started coming in around 10.18, 10.20 that the potential for a signing of one Wilson Contreras was was on the horizon, and you know we had just gotten off the show. We were still here, still working hard, Randy, mm-hmm. and, we and but unfortunately, you know the the good folks of St. Louis couldn't hear our voices to to break that down when it happened. <laughs> and the Cardinals, it was made official later in the day, did sign, have signed Wilson Contreras to a five year deal worth eighty seven and a half million dollars. We should note that he has to pass a physical to make this deal official, but he is going to be the Cardinals catcher in. 2023 and beyond. He's a guy with a great history offensively. There are certain questions about his defensive abilities, but and you'll I'm pretty sure you'll hear John Mozeliak say at the press conference to introduce Wilson Contreras that he presented the Cardinals an unusual opportunity to get a catcher with offensive skills that most catchers, 95% of catchers, don't possess. And the Cardinals really took it upon themselves this offseason to go get a catcher that could hit. Right. And he is the best hitting catcher that was available this offseason. And and we talked about it all offseason. This is the one catcher, that the one player that I thought the Cardinals would sign, the one that I wanted them to sign, a guy that you trust at the plate, a guy that can add to that lineup. Um, and, you know, there are concerns about whether or not he can handle a, a, a pitching staff and, and all of those things. I'm not concerned about that. I am excited to see him here playing in uh, Cardinal Red and and, and looking forward to to him behind the plate as well. Contreras, 162-game offensive averages, uh, an 808 OPS, 349 on base, 459 slug, 162-game averages of 26 homers, 81 runs batted in. And there are certainly questions about his defensive ability, some of those voiced last night on MLB Network by Joel Sherman. Yeah, it's hard to go, I think, 180 degrees more than Yadier Molina to Contreras. This is a team that's had success for the past 20 years because I think 
Molina as as a hub player defensively. Look, I until we have an automated strike zone and maybe an earpiece so that everybody could have the game called by their offensive and defensive coordinators like football, I think the position has been so much more important on defense than it's ever been before. Those 120 to 160 decisions you have to make a year, your relationship with the pitcher, how you frame the ball again until we get an automated strike zone. We just watched a team win the World Series with Martin Maldonado. He might be one of the five or 10 worst offensive players. Austin Hedges' Cleveland team made the playoffs. I, I just think that the defensive component on that side of the ball has never been more vital. And I would rather have Christian Vasquez and then than this. Now, Kerry, that being said, and we've watched the best defensive catcher in baseball for 19 years. So we're partial to great defense. But simple question. Can a team win a World Series with Wilson Contreras as their catcher? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. He, he because meant, we've seen it? Yeah, we've seen it. Uh, <laughs> he mentioned that the Astros won with Martin Maldonado. What he didn't mention is that they had Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena. They had um, Alex Bregman. They had the, the Jordan Alvarez. They had a lot of guys that could hit in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you didn't need a catcher to be uh, a, a great batter at the plate. This team needs that. This team needs another hitter, needs another batter to help Goldie and Arenado um, to put to strike a little bit more fear into the opposing pitcher. So, yeah, I, I agree that you don't you don't necessarily need it, but this team did need it, and they do need it. And one thing that he had the advantage of, Contreras had the advantage of in Chicago when they won in 2016, was a veteran staff was that's convicted about the pitches that they want to throw. Right. And when you have a group that includes Flaherty, he's been around now, he knows what he wants to throw. We know Adam Wainwright knows what he wants to throw. Michaelis is a veteran. We know he knows he what he wants to throw. Mats and uh, uh, who am I leaving out here? What? Uh, so uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. There you go. Yeah, you've got uh, five guys that they're they're veterans that they they know what they want to do. At the moment, if that group is starting for the Cardinals, there isn't a tremendous of a guidance that's necessary for that group. And, and they also have the speech com. They're they are going to be told what, you know, what in certain situations what yeah. pitches they want to see or what pitches they want they should be throwing. Therefore, to me, the the issue that I think is probably one of the biggest issues, one thing that we saw from Yadi that was probably the best catcher in the league to do it was his ability to take a pitch and frame it that may be a ball, maybe right there on the on the line and and bring it back just a little bit to give you that strike call. And and we'll see if Wilson Wilson Contreras can do that. Most catchers can't. So we mm-hmm. were we've been blessed and fortunate to have that over over a multitude of years. Now we have to have pitchers throwing strikes, and maybe your catcher is not going to be able to give you that half an inch to, to to give the umpire the illusion that it is a strike. That's what I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about than actually calling a game and deciding which pitches to throw in which situations. To that point, former Mets general manager Steve Phillips again on MLB Network. The metrics are and I th- are pretty good actually. I mean, average pitch framing overall. Uh, and then you look stolen bases allowed, 72.7%. So he did throw out some base runners this year. I think he had 24 stolen bases, 11 caught stealing. The pop time, 1.93 is excellent. It's an excellent pop time for a catcher. And remember, stolen base can be a big factor moving forward for teams. Now, you know, we don't know about the stolen bases, how they help pitchers, their base runners and everything else in Chicago. But we know he's got a strong arm and a quick feet and quick release. And that could pay dividends, particularly in this season. We're going to see more stolen base attempted in it. Now, he's also an upgrade offensively. When you think about the offensive production that the Cardinals have gotten out of the catcher's position, it's not been much. I mean, Yadier Molina has had flashes of big hits and that sort of thing. 
But but it's not just a matter of do you like Contreras? It's like okay, well, what are your other choices? Now, right. Christian Vasquez, solid guy, defensive guy, uh, a guy the Red Sox seem to be interested in. The Twins are interested in him as well. The Cardinals dabbled and had thoughts of a three-year deal. But when you look at it, the other options are in the trade market right now. And uh, the Cardinals got to a point with Oakland where the price was just going to be too high. The Cardinals like their prospects, and they didn't want to give up the prospects that Oakland wanted. The the Cardinals never really truly engaged Toronto because Toronto doesn't feel like they have to trade their catchers, and you'd have to way overpay. And as we've mentioned a lot here... The Cardinals and the Blue Jays don't match up because the Blue Jays, after trading to Hernandez, they want a left-handed hitting outfielder, a, a, an impact established one. Mm-hmm. Lars Newbar and Alec Burleson aren't those guys. Right. They aren't. You don't plug them into a team that is planning to win the World Series. Right. So the Cardinals never really engaged with Toronto, and the price with Oakland was too high for the trade. So they wind up with Wilson Contreras. We want your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. We're going to hear some of those at the bottom of this hour and then at 8 o'clock as well. And if you haven't gotten any information, you were uh, sleeping, and I hope you were, and you haven't heard, overnight, the Padres agreed to terms on an 11-year, $280 million deal. This is the Padres. 11 years, $280 million with former Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts. What is going on out there? They're, gotta... they're, so, CD, their 2021 revenues were estimated by Forbes at $282 million. Let's assume that they got an extra $10 million with the, the added attendance last year, plus $13 million in money that they just came up with from BAM. So that gets you to, let's see, 282 292 295 about $305 million for revenues that you're looking at this year. Their payroll is projected to be closing in on 240 That is an extraordinary percentage for any business of payroll that's going to revenue. Business owners that are driving down the road right now, people that are uh, in charge of businesses, I think it'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find a business that is committing, especially a business that has a development system, that has insurance, travel, <laughs> first-class hotel rooms. Uh, you have to hire PR people, ticket sales people, analytics people. Yes. I don't see how the Padres don't lose money. The- they are they are going for it and and if you're again if you're a Padres fan it's not your money so yeah. so you're excited about what they're doing but they are they are they are trying to do their the best that they can to win a championship yep. and, and, and put themselves in position to their owner Peter Seidler said when he took over the reins of the team after the Chargers had left and San Diego has never had a pro sports championship in their town mm. he said I want to bring the first sports championship to San Diego he very well could do that But what happens five years down the road, six years down the road, when you have a 36-year-old Xander Bogarts, when you have a broken-down Fernando Tatis Jr.? Fortunately, or unfortunately for them, Manny Machado has the ability to opt out after 2023, but they're going to try to sign Juan Soto. So what happens if you have three players making about $30, $35 million a year that are all in their late 30s? You don't have a lot for anyone else. No. (laughs) And and you're going to be over budget and you're going to be you're going to be spending a lot of money. I don't know that the Padres we we always talk about the Cardinals having a plan and Mo 
saying to us on the radio. He said, I'm, I'm thinking three, four, or five years down the road. Right. I don't think anybody in San Diego is thinking three, four, or five years down the road. They're thinking 2023 or bust. Right. Trying to win a championship. We, we saw it with the Los Angeles Rams and, and how that season went last year, but we see how it's going now. And so you, you may, if you're a franchise or a city that has never won a championship, you may sacrifice everything for the future for, for this moment, for this opportunity. And, and I don't know that you can really blame them because, as you said, they haven't won it yet. So if you if you are a a place that needs and desperately wants to win, sometimes you got to go a little bit above and beyond, and that seems to be what they're doing. Blues and Jets tonight, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. A couple of other quick headlines for you. Kerry walked into the studio this morning and said, man, the Warriors suck. Oh, my God. I'm just so tired of watching <laughs> them lose. I don't. I didn't even finish the game. I went to sleep. But I woke up and saw that they lost by one point. I don't, I'm not even sure how they lost, but I know they are continuously losing, and uh, it, it, it troubles me. They got to figure something out. Yeah, they do. It was a four-point lead over Utah with 13.3 seconds left. Uh, That's called a late collapse, kids. Yeah. And they come back after trailing by 12 in the third. They didn't have Steph Curry. They didn't have Draymond Green. They didn't have Andrew Wiggins. But... Unless Reggie Miller is on the other team, you don't give up a four-point lead with 13.3 seconds left. Oh, uh, yeah. The guy who hit the big three-pointer was Malik Beasley. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. He's, he's come back, okay? Don't, yeah, don't. He's good? I mean, he's he's He, he's he was messed fine. up mentally for a while because his girlfriend <laughs> left him for Michael Jordan's son. Oh, the same one that is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? No. Uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, that's the one. No, no, that, him, no, that was that's, no, that's he, the one. He moving yeah. and grooving. So Lar- Larsa, yeah, Lar- Larsa, Malik was married. All right, had a kid, 24, okay. dating Larsa, who was like 46 at the time, and I think she got tired of him. Yeah. Yeah. Larsa seems to get tired of the basketball players, unfortunately, and, yeah. for the one basketball o- players. The one other note, and this <laughs> is going to be so interesting. Marcus is going to yeah. be fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really interesting to watch. Okay, so if, if you weren't already aware of it, the number one offense in the league, in, or in the nation in college football, was Kent State, and... Deion Sanders hired Kent State's head coach as the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Last night, he hired Alabama's co-defensive coordinator to be his defensive coordinator at Colorado. He is, uh, he's got some things going on now. And, and, and I said this to you yesterday. I, I thought the fact that a head coach leaving uh, a college at F- FBS, mm-hmm. you, you are, you're an FBS college coach, head coach to become a defensive coordinator. I thought that was a little bit strange. I, I don't know. that It seemed like a, a backward step from going from a head coach to a coordinator. But, you know, to each his own. I would guess because it's so hard to win at Kent State, yeah. your chances of becoming an FBS or a yeah FBS head coach, you have head coaching experience and you're a coordinator for what's going to be a program that's yeah. on the rise or does great things. I, I would think it's probably... Actually, if, if you've won at the big level and you have head coaching experience, you probably have the resume that a lot of schools are looking for. Yeah, you will. I just, for me, it would be hard for me going from head coach of a, even though it's a group of five mm-hmm. schools, it's still FBS. I know you want a power five school eventually as a head coach, but that, that would be tough for me to, to make that decision. I'll bet you he's getting paid more at Colorado, he prob- too. Now, now, now you're talking. Now there's a potential for that. that the, the salary increase... Uh, maybe about 500000 maybe more. <laughs> Your mic drops on the Cardinals signing of Wilson Contreras at the bottom of the hour. Just use the 101 ESPN app. Press the button on the bottom of the page. When you get to the 101 ESPN app, it's really easy to send us a mic drop. We do want to hear from you throughout the morning. 
And we're also going to hear your mic drops not only at the bottom of this hour, but at 8 o'clock as well. A couple mic drops coming up at 7.30. But next up, it's Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Carrie and Randy, breaking news. WNBA star Brittany Griner released from a Russian detention in a prisoner swap for a convicted arms dealer. So Brittany Griner will return to the United States. Time for Sick of It. Your text 65780. Uh, Carrie, can I do a preemptive Sick of It? Is that, is that allowed? Sure. Okay, because we've heard ad nauseum okay. on our text line and on the Twitter machine about Randy Rosarena and Sandy Alcantara. Yes, we prefer we to have those guys yes, in our town. I'm already sick of people complaining about the Blues trading Tage Thompson. He did score five goals for <laughs> yes. Buffalo last night. But I'm, I'm, I'm sick of you complaining about Tage Thompson being traded because we got Ryan O'Reilly and a Stanley Cup back. So I'm, I'm already sick of it, and I haven't even heard a complaint yet. <laughs> that's such that was, a, that oh was God, one. that's such a good one. <laughs> that's, that's not bad, Randy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't disagree with 21 you. 21 goals on the season, by the way. I saw someone throw that. They go, can you possibly lose a trade in the fourth year, yeah. after the player no. you traded for well, got you a Stanley Cup, won a Selkie, it it, it, it Conn Smythe. Well, Would you well, rather have Tage Thompson or the championship? Championship. That's championship. Now, every time. now championship. what if he goes on to win three championships? Tage Thompson does? Yeah. I don't care. I, I win 52 years without one. <laughs> I, I could be dead when he's winning his. You're telling me that the Buffalo Sabres are going I, to win I, three I, championships? I, and, and, hey. I'm just saying, if you're sick of of, of that, I mean, they got know. a they got a good young core, but it's Buffalo. Did you see what happened to them in the, in the, in the 1990s? <laughs> God hates them. Okay, the, 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 the entire city. Yeah, all <laughs> no, their sports teams. Well, that's what I mean. yeah. First of all, Matthew, if you followed the Blues history, you'd think that God hated the Blues. It's fair point. It's fair point. Years. But St. Louis breaks through. And secondly, when we say Buffalo Sabres are going to win a championship. The former St. Louis Rams won a championship. That's a fair point. The Chicago Cubs did, too. Chicago Cubs won a championship. Anything's possible. Yep. I, we just talked about it a second ago, but I'm I, I'm sick of the Warriors losing. I, I am sick of it. I, I'm telling you, Randy, I try to stay up some nights. They play on the West Coast. Their game start at 9, and, and my bedtime is 9.30. 10.30 is the latest. 9.52. That I, yeah, 9.52, like Aaron <laughs> Andrew Luck. I, I, I'm trying to go to bed. And it's it's times when I'm just like, you know what? They're going to lose. Eh, might as well go and go to bed. There's no point in staying up. <laughs> Steph's not hitting the shots or Steph's not playing. Uh, uh, Clay is not hitting anything. I, I'm sick of watching that. And, and I know most people say the NBA season does not start until Christmas. But well, Christmas is a couple of weeks away and they stink. They are not good enough defensively. If you say, okay, let's turn it on for the playoffs, their issue is they don't have the personnel to play playoff defense. It's the second unit. When yep. the first, when the yep. starters are out there, they are fine. They get 10-point leads, 12-point leads, 15-point leads, and it's gone by the middle of the second quarter because that second unit stinks mm-hmm. collectively. They are a good, good group of young kids, talented, but they collectively stink and they don't play defense, and all they want to do is score. That's one thing about the NBA is we love the stars, right? We love yes. Clay, we love Steph, we love when they had him, Durant. But the reason that they were able to win those years is because of people like Harrison Barnes and Sean Livingston. Yes. And Iguodala. Yep. That's why they were great. Because David they had, West. The, yeah, they had exactly. core yep. guys that, that would 
stand out and play do their role. Right. They stink right now. It's tough. Don't do not discount just Clay Thompson not being able to be the same version of Clay Thompson he and, was before hey, all the injuries. Jay Wise is back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched him. Not, I, you know what, <laughs> CD? I, 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 okay, this is how sick I am. I watched G League games with him. Did you? Yeah. To see how how, he, how did it go? You was know, it? he looked like he was getting better uh, against G League guys. Jeez Louise. Justin Wiseman, you mean in shape Eddie Curry? <laughs> oh, 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 he's not. Now, listen. He's <laughs> we're not gonna, it's not that bad. It's, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. Who's the guy that's uh, the big Jermaine O'Neal without a headband? I don't know. Oh, oh Jermaine O'Neal could who? Yeah, he was a champion. A man. Well, almost. Sorry, champion. old Jermaine O'Neal without the headband. Uh, who was the guy that uh, Michael took with the Wizards? The the big man, Kwame that, Brown. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not now. Listen, <laughs> listen. You all listen. Now I would say more. I didn't even put a headband what's on the, him. Uh, I'm just saying. What's the kid from from Miami? That that Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside. That now, if you said that, I would I would probably lean more toward because hey. Hassan Whiteside the when offen- it was contract time, the offensive version, yeah, the offensive Steve, version of yeah. Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. 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 Steve Kerr is too nice. But there's somebody in that organization that would kill somebody to get Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got on the text line there? You can take Garage Band of Mecca Okafor the heck out of here. <laughs> I'm sick of being able to make a better roster of former active cards than current Cardinals. Yeah, well, yeah it's, I mean, really? That's it. You could put it, a roster together. It's not a very, I mean, uh, Edmus Diaz just got a big contract. Oh, God. That, they I mean, hated him here. You cannot blame them. You cannot I blame them him. for Aledmus Diaz. Oh, no, I, I, you cannot blame them Aledmus for... Aledmus Diaz wouldn't be playing for this team. No, and who was the... Uh, I, I keep forgetting the uh, the outfielder. Aroldis um, Garcia? Who's oh, the Adolis. Adolis Garcia. Yeah. You can't blame them for that one. Like like every team in Major League Baseball said no to him, and then he twice, and then he splashed with the, with the Rangers yeah. for a little bit. Before he splashed with the Rangers, they DFA'd him and, and brought him exactly. back. Exactly. So I mean, people people really complain about some of these Cardinals situations without actually looking at the situation. The, in the you moment. know what the Cardinals' problem is? You talk about first world problems. They develop too many good players. There you go. <laughs> Man. And everybody wants them. Yep. And, you gotta, and then they're, they're willing there's to not enough spots for everybody. Yep. <laughs> Here's a fantastic text. I am sick of athletes being able to avoid repercussions for their actions because they are quote unquote stars. Brittany Griner should stay right where she is. I will disagree with that. And and Lord Almighty, I will say text. I will say this. Yes, you probably shouldn't take drugs into a foreign country. You never know what could happen. I mean, if you've never watched Locked Up Abroad, it's some of the scariest stuff you'll ever see. Uh, With that being said, I would assume that's probably not her first time taking just that little amount with her. Maybe she forgot it was in her bag. Maybe you you don't... here, you wouldn't give someone nine years of hard labor for that amount of weed. And she was told by her team... She doesn't know the rules over there, but her team, the people that run the team she was playing for, told her that it was okay to yeah. bring that so, narcotic over there. And it was it wasn't a mind altering or performance enhancing narcotic. It was narcotic for medicinal uses. There you go. So I, I don't think I think it's I'm glad that she's coming home. I mean that was a that was a tough thing to, yeah. to, to go through. 
for for what she went through for. And, and I yeah. think, and I and I will say this, I think Russia did that intentionally to to get what Send they wanted message. back. Yeah, yeah. T- and yeah. tough tough tr- tough trade. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. I got to tell you this: if you look at it, just f- try to localize it for yourself. What if it was your family member? Would you would you say, "Oh no, you screwed up. You deserve nine years in a Russian prison." Correct. If, if it's your, try to localize it a little bit. I'm sick of Scott Boris. He continues to suck the soul out of baseball by getting players insanely overpriced contracts. That being said, if my son was a great baseball player, I'd want him represented by Scott Boris. What, yeah. do you, what do you care what Major League Baseball players make? Do they really bother you that much? Yes. That much? Have you not? Where have you? How long have you been working here? Uh, just under a year. Have you been never read the text line? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they keep. I, I mean, you're not People wrong. Are angry and, about everything. Let me tell you something. You're not wrong. Look at Scott Boris's client list, and most of those players became his clients when they were less than 18 years old. Mm-hmm. The best scout of baseball players in the world is Scott Boris. Can't yeah. complain about that. He's made a lot of money for a lot of people. He's doing it right. Sick of the Cardinals just doing the one and done in the playoffs, never wanting to pay the big money for an elite player. We Cardinals fans deserve it. We do. Yeah, and so I'm do sorry. Yankees fans, by the way. Good Lord. When's the last time the Yankees fans played in the world, got to see their team in the World Series? 2009? Been a while. Yeah, the last time they won a World Series was 2009. Yankees have had one of the top two payrolls every single year. For you, the past decade. Every you, single year for the past decade. You would think that would equate in multiple championships. Garrett Cole's on their team making $324 million over That's 11 years, right? Money. Yeah. You could be that. I mean, so so uh, let, let, let's let's do this. Would the Cardinals fans rather be rather have a Yankees team that, that it has that high payroll or have this team? I think they'd rather have the high-paid team that gets knocked out of the playoffs. But why? then they'd say, why don't we have a better system? <laughs> the Cardinal... We, we we cardinal fans deserve it. I'm gonna go out on a ledge and and bet like twenty bucks with myself that this person's complaint. This person's ca- this this person's called millennials entitled before. You you telling me that Cleveland fans don't deserve a baseball championship? They haven't won one since 1948. Whoa whoa whoa! Nobody no. Cleveland doesn't. Okay, Cleveland doesn't. Okay. <laughs> how, about, how about Pirate fans? Pirates. I like, there you go. Pir- I like the, the, the Pirates. We, we can go with that. 1979. Same kind of market yeah, as St. Louis. We are family. Right? Cleveland Cleveland fans. No. no, okay. We'll they they deserve out. everything they get. Padre, I, I, I would go even Padre fans. I'm glad that Sider's doing for them what Listen, he's doing. We were just talking about it last segment. You know who deserves the championship more than anybody? I know it's not baseball. Buffalo Bills fans yeah, deserve right. a championship. If, if there was this yeah. about fandom deserving a championship, this would be a completely different conversation. Also, just just an unbelievably ridiculous text. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of fans assuming one player would, making $50 million is one piece missing that's keeping the Cardinals from a World Series. Let me tell you something. If the Cardinals had given Albert Pujols the deal that he got from the Angels, all right, $240 million plus a $10 million personal service, and he would have played under those terms in St. Louis and performed the exact same way he did, he would have been despised in St. Louis. Really? He would have been taken to the woodshed by Twitter. There's really? no in the text line. Yeah, the Cardinal fans would have hated Albert Pujols for making that sort of money and producing the way he did. But they would have won a couple of more championships, no? Yeah. No? no? You don't think so? I don't think so. Albert said he thinks they'd have won at least one or two more. If he'd have stayed, you know, in that in that prime era, the, the, the first three, four, five years of that contract. Thing is, if he's here, they don't sign Beltron. Okay. And they don't get to keep both Wainwright and Molina. Nah. So, I think it would have been tough. 
I'm sick of people acting like all these players that were traded away would be having the success that they are having right now if they were still here. Who knows what have, what would have happened if they would have stayed here? There's a lot to be said for right place, right time in sports. It is. It, it, there's a. There's. I mean, it, it is something about change of scenery for some people. Some people, you know, get to a different place. You feel a little bit more comfortable. The team, the atmosphere, the environment, and and sometimes things change. And and it could be the exact opposite as well. Yep. And uh, Matthew, give us the one on the very top right now from the six one eight. Oh. Starts off with all caps. I'm sick of it. St. Louis City SC fans deserve better. We should have a championship by now. Yes. <laughs> what are we doing? Get it started early. Yeah. Get it going. That's an awesome Before text. Before it even gets going. It's an awesome text. Thank you very much. The outrage. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What are we doing here? Can you go ahead and read this right now because we have our winner? Okay, yeah. Okay, this is the winner. <laughs> oh, yeah, your chance to win a uh, Cardinals holiday ticket pack. Today's winner gets, uh, and that's that texter right there, yep. will get a five-game weekend pack for the Cardinals 2023 season. The weekend pack features tickets to five weekend games, including a Cubs Friday night game, two bobblehead giveaway games, and more. The Cardinals and their holiday ticket packs are starting at just 54 bucks. They're on sale now, including the weekend pack at cardinals.com slash holiday. Congratulations to you from you the 618. Yeah. Yes. Coming up next, <laughs> so was this the right guy to get for the Cardinals? And we want your mic drops next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And that home run deep to left, and that one, oh my, way out of here. Wilson Contreras, a no-doubter. That is crushed. Left field, third, get it. Oh, baby! Wave wind and out of here. That's drilled, left field, on left. Gone! Into the basket. Wilson Contreras, his eighth, another rocket from Willie. Wilson Contreras is your new Cardinal catcher. How'd the Cardinals do, CD? The way I look at it is the Cardinals clearly liked their prospects as much as Oakland did. And Mm -hmm. Oakland was asking for too much, apparently, right off the bat for Sean Murphy. The Cardinals engaged Contreras in talks. Obviously, Mo and Marmol went to Orlando last week to talk to Contreras. They talked to Oakland. Oakland's asking price was apparently exorbitant. The Cardinals re-engaged with Contreras. Oakland came back apparently with lesser demands, Mm. but the Cardinals still thought it was too much, didn't want to give up that much for Murphy because they like their guys, like we said. And by the way, they don't want to be burned like they were in Mm -hmm. the Rosarena deal. And so they wind up with uh, Wilson Contreras. I believe that for this team at this time, and especially because they weren't going to be able to get a powerful left-handed bat, I think that this was the best move for them. I, I agree. I, I think you got a um, another young star. I mean, you 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 look at how the landscape is playing out. Yadi and, and Albert are gone. Those were your stars for for you know multiple years. And then you bring Goldie and Arenado in. Goldie is thirty five. He's going to be on his way on the back end pretty shortly. Arenado is thirty one, and 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 Contreras will be thirty one this year or next year. 
So now you have that that when Goldie leaves, you have those two faces mm-hmm. of the franchise, and you got another hitter. You got a guy that you believe can can come up and crutch uh, clue. Clutch situation, crucial situations, and and make a play and do things that you need to do. And and behind the plate, like I said, I know that's the concern for a lot of people, but it's not as bad as I think people would, would want it to be or would make it seem that it is. And I can almost guarantee you that when the press conference is held to announce Contreras is the official Cardinal catcher, that John Mozeliak will say that the acquisition of Contreras provided the Cardinals a unique opportunity to get one of, if not the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. Yep. They really wanted that offense behind the plate. Uh, Mike drop from Aaron, who joins us here on 101 ESPN. Perfectly fine with the Wilson Contreras free agency deal, but Mo has still got a lot of work to do. Still need a shortstop, still need a starting pitcher, number one preferably. Uh, still need some bullpen help, and you need a big lefty bat. And oh, and uh, you need to send Paul D. Young to the junkyard because he's pretty much garbage. So I'm not going to sit through another season of 135 batting average. Okay, let's be nice. <laughs> wow. De Young's going to be a bench player. <laughs> I do think that Cardinal fans, for whatever reason, have prematurely determined what Nolan Gorman is and don't believe that he can be a left handed power hitter. And the, but they're all over the Cardinals for prematurely determining what Alcantara and Rosarena were going to be. I, I think that is what we call an unfair double standard. And so I'm willing to give the Cardinals and baseball the benefit of the doubt on what Nolan Gorman can be. I think he can. I saw him hit a lot of balls really hard last year. There was a time when he first came up after his first month that he was fourth in average exit velocity Mm -hmm. in Major League Baseball. When he hits it, he hits it hard. Do you think that that was one of the players that uh, Oakland was looking at in terms of getting the trade back? Because they they didn't want prospects. They wanted Major League players. It was one of the players that Oakland That was one of the guys. That was the main guy. And they didn't want to make that trade. And and to me, it makes sense. Um, Like I said, I'm excited about Wilson Contreras being here. I'm excited. Here's the thing, Cardinal fans. He's not Yachty. Nope. So don't expect him nope. to be. And 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 he he will have moments where he does things behind the plate that Yachty probably would have done differently. But he's going to do things at the plate that Yachty probably would have done differently. So there are things there are give and takes in in understanding, you know, what you got, who you got. Be patient, be be be, be excited mm-hmm. of what we what the potential is for this for this lineup and for this team. Last time the Cardinals had an offensive catcher like this was 1980. When Ted Simmons, the Hall of Famer, was behind the plate. Now, Wilson Contreras isn't a Hall of Famer, but Ted Simmons was the last offensive catcher that was this good that the Cardinals had. Lisa, as uh, she is wont to do, joins us. We love Lisa, and thanks for joining us here on the opening drive. Morning, favorite station. So I just want to take a second and congratulate the Cardinals on uh, what I see as a good signing for us. And I think we needed the offense, but more importantly, I think we needed the spice on this team, too. So I like his personality. There was some guy interviewed on on one of your programs about a month ago from Chicago, and it sounds like he's got a he sounds like a really good guy. He sounds like a fun loving guy and he can hit. So I'm happy with this signing. Yes, I think we definitely need more. But for today, Randy, I'm just going to enjoy this signing. I'm just going to be appreciative of what the Cardinals did. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. Love the sunshine lollipops. And we can't dismiss, by the way, what Lisa pointed out, because this is a guy, and Ollie talked about it yesterday, 
He wakes up wanting to win. He goes to bed wanting to win. And that sort of a personality, especially for a guy behind the plate, is a big deal. I want, I, I want winners. Mm-hmm. I want guys that, that, you know, Jamie Rivers and I were talking the other day, and, and you, you want winners, but you want guys that hate losing the most important more thing. than they like winning. And, and when you have guys that despise losing games, despise losing uh, moments or opportunities, those are the guys that, that are going to give you everything they have, every opportunity that they have. And that's what made that group in the mid-2000s so good because Albert, Yachty, Edmonds hated losing, Chris Carpenter hated yeah. losing. Yeah. Uh, even you know guys that weren't, Edgar Renteria was a guy that you loved having on your team. Uh, you know who else really battled and hated losing even though he's like the nicest guy in the world is David Eckstein. Just despised, would not accept defeat. It's not It's not something that champions do. When you are a championship team or, or want to be a championship team, losing games or losing, giving up certain opportunities, it does not sit well with you. I told you, Randy, when I, I lost a bunch of games as a high school coach a few years ago, I was physically sick. I went to the doctor. I thought I was something was ailing me, and the doctor checked everything. No, you're fine. Oh, I'm just sick of losing. Like <laughs> I am feeling sick from all of the losing. You want guys on your team like that. I, I, Bill Belichick said losing uh, uh, messes up your 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 uh, wellness, your life, mm-hmm. how your life is is going around. So you you want to win games. I man. think that it was Bill Parcells that said, "There's winning and there's misery." Yes, those are the only two options. Yeah. If you're if you're not wiz- winning, you are miserable. Your quality of life is what Bill. Your quality of life is is disrupted when you lose a mm-hmm. lot of games. We'll have more of your mic drops coming up at eight o'clock. But next up, it's take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero. That's coming your way on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on. 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and you via the text line 65780. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. CD, as you know, Scott Satterfield left as the head coach at Louisville, and he had recruited the number one running back in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid's name is Reuben Owens. He has flipped to Texas A&M. Take It or Leave It, Reuben Owens flips to Texas A&M for NIL money. Oh, take it. You got to take that. Uh, I, I know Jimbo will like to deny this, oh, yeah. but He's they're paying it. their guys. <laughs> they, and, and it's legal. Within right, yeah. I mean, it, it used to be illegal, but they were still doing it. Not yeah. them specifically, but college football. Not that I know that firsthand. I've just heard stories. Cam Most Newton stories. got... Yeah. He did okay. Reggie Bush did okay. He did all right. Yeah. Got, <laughs> Lindell White said there was a bag dropped off with hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he just happened to... He didn't know where it came from. Huh. Never told anybody. You didn't see that interview? Oh, I'm going to show it to you. Surprise! Hey! Wow! I guess it's mine. It's my apartment. Can you imagine dropping that off at the police department saying, yeah, somebody left this at my doorstep? Never! <laughs> it was a guy that... What did, what, was they, they, what did I read? It was They dropped off something. I, I have to find a story. A guy and, and, and the return was like a bag of chips or a bag of candy. Uh, 
Well, somebody knows the story that when I'm I, talking when about. When I was a little kid, I was walking down the street, and I kid you not, in the gangway between two houses, I saw a bunch of money blowing in the wind. And so I ran and I collected it all. And by, after about five, ten minutes of running around the salon and collecting all this money, I had like $330 in cash. Yes. My parents made me turn into the cops. Oof. I'm still mad at them about it. Yeah, that, well, that's <laughs> that's probably your fault, because you shouldn't have told anybody. I was like eight. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> you know how bad eight-year-olds are in hiding lesson. cash from their parents? That was a life lesson. I, don't, I think I tried to it was the right thing. I think I tried eight. to hide it, and they were just like, where are you getting all this from? <laughs> they probably thought something else was busted. going on. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it, Randy. Tonight is the night that the Blues end the three-game, or the eight-game, three goals in a period streak. I'm going to leave it. Ha. <sighs> <sighs> Winnipeg in town. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. No. And it's just so that we can have a number of the day tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, what is it? Are we at eight or nine? This is eight. I think it'll tomorrow will be nine. No. Oh, we didn't. Uh, I think that uh, tomorrow will be nine. I think the count goes all the way up to twenty with those. Oh. Okay then. <laughs> We're gonna play a little game in rock and roll, and then and and, and we'll see uh, just how right Randy Kerrigan may just be. Day. Not exactly that game, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. The transfer portal is taking away from competition. I didn't win the job, so now I'm gonna move on. Uh. Mm, I'll tell you, I, I, yeah, I guess, can I take it and leave it? I, I think it does both. I think there are guys that that are running away from competition, and there are also guys that are going on to, to better places for better mm-hmm. opportunities. So I, I think it's both. Yeah, you got to find your spot, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you do. But some guys are, I mean, some guys are <laughs> leaving. JT Daniels going to his fourth right, school. Right. That's a little bit uh, absurd. Yeah, but even in pro sports, if you're signing somewhere as a free agent, you want to go someplace where there isn't a ton of competition where you can play, where Correct. there's a need. Yes, you want to go where you have an opportunity to play. Hmm? I mean, I can't, I can't blame kids for that. Take it or leave it. The Blues capture less than 12 of their possible 30 December 2022 points that are still available. 30 points available. Mm-hmm. They cap- they ca- take it or leave it. They capture less than 12. I'm going to oh. take that they do. 15 games, can they, they win? Did they get more than 12? Or? So 15 mm, games. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> can they get more than 12 I, I, points I, I, from I need your, your visionary. I need you to, to have great hope in order for me to, to feel better about watching these games and, and, and breaking and critiquing these games. CD, I would love for the Blues <laughs> to show me the belief that and give me the belief. Show me that they deserve the belief that they can do that. Let me ask you this. So you, we talk about the 2019 season a lot. That team in this moment, in that year, you felt more confident then than you do now? Or yes. was it about the same? I knew they sucked. Okay. All right. They had gotten a coach fired. Okay. And I knew they were talented. I knew they were a team that was capable of winning. This team, when I look at the, the overall roster... I don't think that this group as a unit has the capability of beating teams like Colorado, like Tampa Bay, the the, the elite teams in the league. I don't think the Blues can beat them in a seven-game series. Well, Randy, just for us personally, we have to keep the hope alive because if they do win a championship, our good friend Rock has to get a tattoo on his inner arm. I, I, I want him to win. I want that to happen. <laughs> Or as Chris said, a face no, tattoo. No, no. <laughs> we will not put that on the radio because that is a lie. Stop it. Stop it. We're not We're not perpetuating that lie right now. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will not sign another top free agent this offseason. Take it. Oh, he said no, no, not sign a top free agent. I guess he's not counting Contreras as a top free agent. He said another. 
He said another, right? No, he said just top free agent. Oh. I, I added the another because I, oh. I assumed that. My bad. So the Cardinals will not sign a top free agent this offseason. Take it or leave it. They're going to leave it. They already, they did. already did. They, they signed, signed the best one. free agent catcher. There you go. There you go. After the big signings of Contreras, Mo will sign Swanson and trade to Young in a package deal for a good quality starter. Why? Who? What? Yeah. So you're another team, <laughs> and you have a good quality starter. Who says no first? Yeah. So let's say that it's <laughs> let's say that it's a guy that knows and likes Paul DeYoung personally. That it's uh, that, that it's Skip Schumacher, and the, the Cardinals come and say, you know what? We'll give you a package that includes. Paul DeYoung and a few prospects. And Kim Ng comes to her manager and says to Skip Schumacher, okay, Cardinals are offering Paul DeYoung and some prospects for Pablo Lopez. CD, you're, you're Skip. What do you think? And, and Paul is my good friend. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's my guy. He is. And I, but but I, I am the manager of a of an organization of a franchise. Right, exactly. I have to do what's best for my team. You do. I, what are you gonna do? I, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's. And by the way, uh, and I've said, uh, Dancing V. Swanson is a world champion. Okay, but. If you give me the choice of Dansby Swanson at seven years and $140 million, or spending this year with Edmund at short and Donovan at second and then 24 and beyond with Wynn at short and Edmund at second and Brendan Donovan still in the mix, I would take the guys the Cardinals already have. There you go. I, like I, don't, think, I don't think Dansby Swanson is substantially better. Well, that, I don't think he is better than Tommy Edmond. He's not that much of a diff- difference no. maker to have to pay him no. that much money. No. The Cardinals are still behind the Brewers after the Contreras signing. Wong for cool. Winker was a steal. Take it or leave it. Uh, I'm going to leave that. Hmm. Uh, they also traded Hunter Renfro. They never did replace Josh Hader. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, they're going to have a, a rookie second baseman. Uh, apparently they might trade Adamas, but if you just look at the teams right now, taking nothing away from the Brewers, uh, who is their middle of the lineup? I'm, w- without Renfro there, who's their leadoff hitter? Uh, they have Christian Yelich, who can't hit anymore. Yeah. Uh, they, they have Adamas in the middle of the lineup. They, that is, I guess Rowdy Telez. But, okay, I'm going to give you a choice here. Rowdy Telez, Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, or Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Wilson Contreras. Wow, I'm taking ours. So I think I'm going to take the, the Cardinals' star power. I'm going to take the Cardinals' depth of pitching, and I'm going to take the Cardinals' defense. Doesn't it feel good to to add another name to Goldie and Arenado? Yeah, doesn't no, yeah, that doesn't yeah. that just make you feel like warm and fuzzy inside? Yeah, it does. Like it just just to have another name that you could you, you you wouldn't say you wouldn't have said Goldie Arenado and Donovan or Goldie Arenado no. and Edmund, even O'Neill or right? O'Neill. You but Goldie Arenado and Contreras. Yep. That that kind of flows. Yep. And now you've got. Hopefully, you can count on Contreras, but you've got guys with ability, right? Yes. That you you can at least roll the dice on. What happens if Gorman emerges the way the Cardinals think he will, and Carlson and O'Neill are healthy? Then what? If if all of those guys are capable of playing to their abilities for 130 games. Then you've got something pretty dynamic. 
I do agree. Take it or leave it. Yachty in his prime was a better hitter than Wilson Contreras ever has been or ever will be. I think I'm going to have to leave that. What was Yachty's all-time best OPS was like one or eight. I got, seven, I eight, got it right eight, here. Sorry. Was it 874? Um, best, best OPS is... Uh, yes, 874 is in the 315, uh, 22 home run season. And he he had an OPS of over 800 three times, I believe, right? Uh, in 19 so years? 11, 12, 13, and it was just that three-year run. In his seven years, Contreras has a career OPS of 808. He's been at 845, 855, 888, and last year 815. He has hit in his career 20 home runs or more four different times. So as much as I love Yadier Molina, aside from that three-year slice of the 19-year career, I would take the offense, the offense yes. of Wilson Contreras over the offense of Yadier Molina. And even if you just take out the first like three years where Yadier really struggled and you take out the last four years where he really struggled behind the plate, he has an OPS plus of 105. Wilson Contreras' career is 115. Yeah. I mean, it's just even if you cherry pick to that level, or if we take just their best season, just right? their best season too. Either way, yeah, he has he has batting average on Contreras when you talk about their best season. But twenty four home runs, twenty two home runs, twenty one home runs, twenty one home runs. That's four twenty home run seasons. Yadi, I believe, has two True. of those. So and, I mean, just just yeah. when you talk about that, he's a he's he's a bigger hitter than Yadi. Yeah, did Yadi lock in for three years and hit over three hundred two two out of the three of those seasons? Yes, and it was incredible. And that's probably why I think he went from being you know just the, the solid, great, amazing catcher here in St. Louis to the one where everyone nationally was like, yeah, this guy's gonna be a Hall of Hall Famer. Of retires. Right. Thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Next up, we've got more mic drops for you. We do want to hear from you via the one hundred and one ESPN mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. That's next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. In St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Carrie and Randy with you, and we appreciate your mic drops. Let's get one right off the bat here from John, who is kind enough to join us here on 101 ESPN. Three quick thoughts on the Wilson Contreras trade. First one, is William Lamar Bean the third out of his cotton pick in mind? Second thought, let's hope that Either John Mosaloc makes another move or O'Neill, Carlson, Newt Bar, and Walker have great offensive seasons this year because I just don't believe that we picked up the offensive weapon that we need. And finally, in 26 and 27, I got a feeling that there'll be St. Louis fans calling in that are not happy with this contract. I would think that this is kind of like the Johnny Peralta deal. I was telling you guys yesterday, I, I kind of think the fifth year of this deal might wind up being a throwaway, although the designated hitter rule in the National League does help in this regard. Two things. Number one, 
Billy Bean is fine. He's still got three years of control with Sean Murphy left, and the Guardians and the Rays are both interested. So if he wants to move Sean Murphy, he'll be able to make a deal for Sean Murphy. And I don't know, CD, that the Cardinals need O'Neill, Carlson, Gorman, and Walker to all be great mm-hmm. in 2023. You'd like half of them to be good yeah. hitters. You'd like... O'Neill to do what he did in 2021 with the 912 OPS and the 34 home runs. He's a season removed from that. He was injured this past season. You'd like Gorman to continue to ascend the way it appears most of baseball expects him to ascend. And then you just can ease Jordan Walker in. When he said 2027, I had to look at my watch to see what year we were in. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be 2023 next year. Yeah, maybe in, in four or five years at the end of this contract, as you said, you may look at it and say, oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But what did he do for those three years, you know, three to four years prior to that? Um, I think right now it's a great trade. I think it's a great idea. I think the, the, the Cardinals went out and got the right person for the job and and this is the person that I wanted to see in this lineup the entire time um, and then when you look at the outfield it, it there are question marks you are trying to figure out is Newt going to be is he going to continue to go in the right direction mm-hmm. is he going to continue to ascend and play even better than he did last year is Tyler O'Neill going to be healthy what is Dylan Carlson going to do because as I said you you have more more faith in his play than I do right now I think the wild card is and, and has been Jordan Walker is he going to be ready to be here from day one and be the 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 stud, the all-star, the the potential future Hall of Famer that they have built him up to be. Is he going to be that um, day one, or is he going to be that whenever he does show up? I think all of those things are are things we have no clue about. We right. don't know about Tyler O'Neill's hamstrings. I don't I don't know how well he's doing in regards to to rehabbing and conditioning and making sure that he's he's stretching those things out so he can play an entire season. I got a guy for him, by the way. I, 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 I can help him out. Let's hear from Richard, who joins us on the opening drive. Typical Cardinals going out and finding some guy named Wildson Contreras. Just another <laughs> no-name guy that Mo is trying to get to be good. And if he is good, then he'll just say how great he is of a, a baseball operation, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Wildson. Wildson Contreras. <laughs> and hey, Mo is great. I don't think that Mo needs to tell everybody he's great. All he needs to do is just point at the scoreboard. I mean, if if you're Mo, do you ever? Like, I I think he just sits back and just like you fools have no clue what you're talking about. Like, I don't think he ever does that. You don't think so? No. You don't think he has a moment where people are taking shots at him? And he's like, oh, yeah, some of the stuff. But I don't, I I don't think he's malicious about it. Nah, but, not, but not, he knows. not in a malicious way. Yeah. But he, as he says, he says we don't lose and. Since he's been the general manager or Pobo, they have not had a losing season, and they've made the playoffs two thirds of the time. Can I can I give you some insight, Randy? Some player insight. Yeah. So when you get to the playoffs, or when you're when you're playing a game, eventually, people might not know this: the the the, the general manager, the Pobo, none of those guys are on the field. It's the mm. players that are on the those guys. You, you, news breaking. This is some information that people may <laughs> not be aware of. The players play the game, and mm. therefore, when they get their opportunities at bat, or when they get their opportunities in the field, those people that the people were hired mm. that hired them to be in those positions, those guys actually have to make the play, Randy. But here's the thing: 
They do. You're right. 100%. No question about that. But it takes really smart people like Kevin Colbert to identify a Kerry Davis and say, that guy can help me win a Super Bowl. There you go. And that's Bo's job. And he's done a pretty good job of acquiring the talent to get the team to the playoffs. And And once the playoffs start, you've been in a lot of playoffs. The player got to block the linebacker so he don't hit the quarterback in the mouth. (laughs) It's that simple. If he don't, sack, fumble, touchdown, defense. Okay, yeah. (laughs) You know what you need to do? You need to draft a quarterback that's really good at the strip. Yeah. (laughs) So so that he can just knock the ball out of of somebody's hands if they're running down the field with it. He got to be fast enough to catch him, though. That's true. All right, let's get one more from Christian here on 101 ESPN. Christian, where are you? When I see the contract that Cody Bellinger got, um, makes me feel a little bit better about the Contreras contract. Still a little worried about the back end where we have another Dexter Fowler situation, but I think we'll be happy for the next three years, and sometimes you just have to, to pay on the back end to get the front end. Yeah, I, look at what the Padres are doing with the addition now of Bogarts to the Machado contract, and he can opt out after this year. But Tatis is making a ton of money. They had to do that uh, when they dumped the Eric Hosmer deal. Uh, they've got a lot of contracts there. Uh, the Phillies are going to be in the same boat with Turner and with Bryce Harper. Those guys are superstars, but the reality of the situation is at the back end of those contracts, they are not going to be great for those teams. And by the way, those guys have full no-trade clauses. So you're 100% right, Christian. We might not like it, but... I think most fans are focused on 2023. And and you talked about this as well. The back end of the contract doesn't necessarily have to be that bad because he can go play DH. He doesn't have to be an everyday catcher. You got a guy like Yvonne Herrera who who I think people believe is going to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you don't have to have a guy playing 120, 140 games as a catcher when he's 35, 36 years old. Yachty was able to do it. It wasn't no no issue. But – he may, if he if he's not able to do that, he can play. He can go to DH, and you can have a guy, a younger guy, come up and, and take that role as the catcher. My primary concern with the twenty twenty three Cardinals is still pitching. I believe the offense will be there. I believe the defense will be there. I don't think that they have enough arms to be. And I know people say, "Hey, in those two games, the offense didn't show up in the playoffs." Well, there's a lot of two game stretches where offense doesn't show up for every single team in the history of baseball. And unfortunately for the Cardinals, it was in those two games against Philadelphia. But you have to be able to pitch and you have to have pitching depth in the playoffs. And I don't think at the moment the Cardinals have enough of that. I think that's what they need to take care of. Well, where are they going to find that if they don't have it? Well, Is this they need to get a cut. They, they got to get some guys. Right. Got to get some guys. Uh, that's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our buddy John Kelly, the voice of the blues on Bally Sports Midwest. JK next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. With Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. John Kelly will be in action tonight as the Blues take on the Jets, and we have the pregame for you at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock with the faceoff, and you can see it on Bally Sports Midwest with J.K. and Panger. Good morning, John Kelly. How are you doing? Hey. 
It's great to have you with us. And uh, let's start with this. Uh, Winnipeg is an interesting team. They made the coaching change after, well, during last season and then after last season. And they lead this division and great goaltending. As you look at Winnipeg, why do you think they're a first place team? Well, you know, they've always had a really good offense, Randy, going back to the 2019 playoff series um, against the Blues that the Blues won in six. I, I felt that, you know, really player for player up front, the Blues and Jets were really even. And, you know, that cast of characters hasn't really changed a whole lot. I know they made the big trade with Columbus sending line A to the, the Blue Jackets and they got Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, but aside from that, they have the same group. And right now, they you look at the roster, they have three guys that have scored at least 10 goals with Connor, Shifley, and Dubois. Shifley leads with 15 goals. Uh, you know, the thing to me with that team, and you mentioned the goaltending, Hellebuck is a, is a very good goaltender. He's, he's one of the top goalies in the NHL. Uh, but defensively, to me, they're not as good a team as they were in 2019. But obviously... Rick Bonus, their new coach, has gotten that team playing better. And as you said, right now they're in first place at 16-7-1. So I'm a, bit of a, I'm a bit surprised that they have played so well. But as I said, all along I've really liked their offense. Hey, John, what were your thoughts on the uh, Kyrou Thomas and Tarasenko line, all three of those guys being together? Well, I, I think that – you mean the last game? Yeah, the last game. Sorry. Um. You know, I, I thought they played um, fine, not nothing great. Um, uh, you know, I think the top line of O'Reilly and, and Levo and Shen was the Blues' most consistent line, and um, yeah, that's what I would say is they were fu- they were they were okay and, and not great, and and obviously the the Blues really let, missed Pavel Buchnevich. Um, You know, he's played so well with Tarasenko and O'Reilly, and um, you know, Kyra on left wing, it's not his normal position. So he's out of position a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, that would be my answer. They were just fine. Do you think that that line, that, that him being with uh, Robert Thomas can get, start, speaking of Tarasenko, do you think that him being with Robert Thomas can get him going a little bit more? Well, you know, he's he's been scoring some goals. Uh, you know, going into the game the other night, had eight points in eight games and had scored in back-to-back games. So they need Tarasenko going. He's one of their top offensive players. I don't need to tell you that or anyone that. So, um, I think that his game has been pretty good, but you know if the Blues are going to catch fire here and maybe go on another seven-game winning streak, which they did earlier in the year, they need their top players to produce. And it doesn't matter if it's Tarasenko or Cairo or whomever. Um, that's what they're paid to do. So um, I think I think Vladdy's game has been has been pretty good, but I do think there is another level there for him to be maybe a bit more consistent and, and obviously score some more goals. John, we are in the in the business of kind of applying pressure and saying, okay, player A needs to play well. And first of all, I, I agree with you 100% that the, we, we have too many nights where really good players are just playing okay. And one of the problems the Blues have in my eyes, as well as Jordan Binnington has played, and I know he's been under siege and there have been some unfair circumstances presented to him, but when you're the $6 million goalie and you're the guy, you have to play great a lot, right? Well, unfortunately, Randy, um, this year the team in general has not defended nearly as well. And, and I have been on the show every week with you, and I've been saying, you know, basically I think the goaltending this year has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say in the last couple of weeks, and the Blues, as we know, have now lost um, what is it, six of eight games. So, and I'd say Bennington in particular, 
he has now lost six in a row. So um, I, I think that he did play a couple of good games in that stretch where the Blues lost. Um, but in particular, his last two outings in Pittsburgh was not very good. And the Ranger game in the third period when he allowed what I would say two questionable goals when the Blues were up by a goal, um, they needed a save in the third period on Monday and didn't get it from Bennington. So, you know, his game has fallen off a little bit. And, and I think the danger all along, Randy, was when the Blues were losing games that Bennington or even Grice, for that matter, might get frustrated. And I think we've seen that sort of boil up here with, with Bennington in the last couple of weeks. Um, he gets frustrated when the team doesn't win. And I think he tries to do too much. And I think we saw that in Pittsburgh on Saturday um, when he got involved with a Penguin player behind the net with an elbow or a forearm, and then he got pulled and was, was chirping the bench and stuff like that. And I know the coach wasn't happy with it after the game. So I, I do think when the team loses and perhaps when he lets in goals um, more than he would like, obviously, then he, he takes too much on him himself. And, again, I think that his anger could be better directed is probably the way I would look at it. And, J.K., as you mentioned, this team has not defended as well as I think all of us had hoped they would. And, Again, I'm going to go back to our point of reference for greatness, 2019, when you had a big, rugged defense. In your mind, you've watched hockey all your life. Has the game changed that much in four years that you don't need to have a big, rugged defense? I don't think you do, Randy. Uh, I think it has changed a lot, quite honestly. It doesn't seem like you know that's that long ago, and it wasn't as far as years. But it, it's getting faster every year. And you look at teams with, with championship pedigree of late uh, the avalanche last year, you know, really didn't have a big rugged defense. Although, you know, Josh Manson, they got him in, in a deal with Anaheim last year. He, he, he would fit that mold and, and Tampa Bay really doesn't. Um, although, you know, you look at the size of that defense that they had with, with Victor Hedman and Sergachev and, and McDonough was there. They're bigger guys, mm-hmm. but, they're not like a Bobby Plager, you know, Noel Picard, that are going to run you through the boards and be nasty. So it, it really is different. I, I think when, you, when I talk about defending, I don't, I don't just point my finger at the six or seven defensemen. I point it, it at the entire team. You know, their structure in their own zone at times that hasn't been good enough. Um, their coverage down low. You know, how many backdoor goals have we seen the opposition score this year? So I, I think that... The biggest thing is their overall defensive coverage just hasn't been as good this year as it has in past. Hey, J.K., when you uh, look at this Blues team, giving up three goals in a period uh, multiple times this season, I think we're at eight games in a row now. How do they stop that? And and if they stop that, does that lead to more victories? Well, I think it would, Kerry. And I, I think the way you stop that is you, when, when you get scored on is you've got to really buckle down and be determined on your next couple of shifts. It's just really as simple as that. To me, it's a mindset, and it's it's like in boxing, if you get punched in the nose, then you gotta you got to withstand that, and you got to punch back. And there hasn't been enough punch back for the Blues this year. I think the number now is 16 times that they've allowed three goals or more in a period, and they've played 26 games. Uh, you can do the math. Yeah. It's over 50% of the time they've allowed three goals in a period in a game. Which is which is really poor, as we know. So yeah, that's. I think it's a mindset. There's nothing structurally you can do, or or you know, say, well, I'm going to put this line out or, or this deep pair, whatever. Um, it really falls upon the entire team to to me really bear down and and, and make those next couple of shifts positive shifts. 
and, and not get scored on again. Finally, J.K., as we know, the Blues do a great job of evaluating and procuring talent, and you need talent when you're going to make trades for guys. And I'm sure you were watching at least a portion of last night's Buffalo-Columbus game. How about Tage Thompson? Yeah, he has become a star in this league. You know, five goals, Randy. I was watching the game, and then actually I turned it off. I was watching some other games, including Boston, Colorado. But he had four goals in the first period, as we know. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, Red Berenson's <laughs> record of six is in jeopardy here. Um, but that obviously was a great um, performance by Tage Thompson. And, and the biggest thing to me, two things, his reach. I mean, the guy's six five or six six. And when he dangles and toe drags, you can't get the puck from him, and he's got a great shot. I mean, the, the one one timer he scored on last night, I mean, Panger was doing the game. I think he said it was 100 miles an hour. If you can, if you can shoot the puck 100 miles an hour on a one timer, you've got a really good shot. So yeah, good for him. He's a good kid, and obviously the Blues had to pay a price to get O'Reilly, and now Thompson is is emerging into a. Uh, an excellent player, you know, a star player for that matter. But if he's a Hall of Famer, we'll trade him for a Stanley Cup. We'll, we'll trade anyone for a Stanley Cup, Randy. <laughs> no <laughs> no doubt about it. Anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. J.K., good to hear your voice. We'll be tuned in tonight. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. See ya. John Kelly, the TV voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight for you. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And Rock, you got some some good questions today. We are. Yeah, you're making me question one right now. I, right? I would. I had to. I had to look at it because I, I don't want to double check, but I was just making sure. But I missed a key word in that. You are. You you probably are correct. This is what we do every every morning. I'm fine. I'm yes. good. I'm correct. We, th- Dang, this is this is a, this is opening the blind so you people can inter- take a peek yeah, in. This is Carrie they, being a jerk and introducing no. doubt into my <laughs> no Fort Knox like wall. What, what this in front was, of these questions. Rock, was me. This is called protection for uh-huh. both of us uh-huh. because we don't want to uh-huh. we don't want to mess that uh-huh. up. All right, that's uh-huh. all that is. Yeah, uh-huh. making sure we're okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Lee is our contestant today. Lee, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Good morning, guys. We are. We're, thank you. Thank you. We're doing well as well. Uh, just trying to make sure Rock is, uh, is on point and on par Unbelievable. This so is that we ridiculous. don't get anything wrong. You were wrong today. I'm I was the wrong. Okay. I will admit it. There we go. I told you I missed the key word. There we go. <laughs> all right, Lee, are you ready to go? Yeah, I was going to say, I have lost 4-3 to Danny Mack, 4-3 to BT, 4-3 to Stalter. The only person I ever beat was Brad Barnes, so I, I, let's let's see if I can uh, complete something here. All right, let's go. Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning are tied for the most for the second most consecutive four thousand yard passing seasons with eight. Who is the only quarterback in NFL history with more four thousand consecutive passing yard seasons with twelve? Is it Warren Moon, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees? I'm not going Drew Brees. Wilson Contreras' $87.5 million deal is the largest ever to a player who didn't previously play for the Cardinals. Which player did he pass? Is it Jahani Peralta, Mike Leake, or Dexter Fowler? 
Dexter Fowler. All right, Lee, who was the only player to hit 50 or more career home runs for both the Cubs and the Cardinals? Is it Jason Hayward, Rogers Hornsby, or Lou Brock? Oh, wait, you said career home runs. Yep, for both. Um, I don't think Jason Hayward hit crap once he went to the Cubs. Um, can you read me one more time? Yep. Uh, you want the whole question? Just the answers. Okay. No, just the answers. Jason Hayward, Rogers Hornsby, or Lou Brock? I'm going to go with Hornsby. All right. Four players in NBA history have swept the MVP awards in one season. That's regular season, all-star game, and finals. Jordan did it twice in 96 and 98. Shaq followed quickly in 2000, and Giannis Antetokounmpo did it last year. But which 1970s big man was the first to ever do it? Is that Earl the Pearl Monroe, Bob McAdoo, or Willis Reed? What about Bob McAdoo? All right, we're going to double-check the scores here. Lee, how you feeling? Well, I mean, I got my diet Dr. Pepper, but I, I don't know <laughs> if that's going to work. If nothing else, Lee, you're consistent. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Randy is coming in. He also has a Dr. Pepper in his hand. Uh, Dr. Pepper Zero. I didn't know they made those. Is that, is that pretty good? Yeah, and you know what? I so Is my mic on? Yep. Uh, so yesterday, they were refilling in our... Oh, uh, kitchen best time. They were, yeah, they, they were uh, <laughs> putting the restocking all of the, the drinks. And I said, man, that Dr. Pepper Zero is great. And they said, oh, we'll get that for you. We got it. We just have to get get it put in. So, uh, yeah, I got this at Schnucks, but they will soon have ah. it in our little concession Randy, area. You're a man of the people. I tried to help out. <laughs> Actually, I'm a, I'm a man about me. <laughs> yeah. It just works out well. It just works out for other people as well. Exactly. It works out well sometimes. Uh, Randy, say hello to Lee. Hey, Lee, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing well. Good. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, Randy, here we go. Phillip Rivers and Peyton Manning are tied for second most consecutive 4,000-yard pass seasons with eight, who is the only other quarterback in NFL history with more consecutive 4,000-yard passing seasons with 12. Did you say... Manning, Rivers, Rivers. And, and Manning? Yep. Well, then the only logical choice here would be Drew Brees, so I will go with him. Wilson Contreras' $87 million deal is the largest ever to a player who didn't previously play for the Cardinals. Which player's contract did he pass? So Leak got 80 over 5, but Fowler got 82 over 5. The total payout here, right? Yes. And then the... Um, Peralta deal was four and fifty six or something like that. So I would go with uh, Dexter Fowler's eighty two and a half. All right, Randy, who is the only other player to hit fifty or more career home runs for both the Cubs and the Cardinals? Hit fifty or more for both teams. Yep. And there were two of them in their career. No, that's no, right. Uh, you said the other. Who's there's just one? Who's the only player in their career to hit fifty or more career home runs for both the Cubs and the Cardinals? And the Cardinals. Um. Well, the Cardinals didn't have a 50 home run hitter until Mark McGuire got here. Career home runs. Career oh, home career runs. Career home runs. In, 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 in the uniform. In, 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 the only, okay, only one it. player to yep. ever hit 50 or more home runs in both uniforms in their career. Um, you know, Luke Brock was a power hitter, but I don't think that he got to 50 there. I don't think Zeal hit 50 for the Cubs. Um... Hmm. This must be old school, so I'll go lifeline. <laughs> All right. Is it Jason Hayward, Roger Hornsby, or Lou Brock? Maybe Lou did hit 50 for them. 
Jason Hayward only played one year here. He didn't hit 50 home runs in that year. I'll go with Lou. All right, four players in NBA history have swept the MVP awards in one season. That's regular season, All-Star Game, and Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Jordan did it twice in 96 and 98. Shaq did it in 2000. And Giannis did it last year in 2021. But which 1970s big man was the first to ever do it? In the 70s. And 80s? Uh, most of his career was. I'll. I'll okay. Most of his career was. Uh, okay. He did it in the seventies. I'll say that. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. He did it in the decade from nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy nine. Okay. Good. Because Kareem did it with Milwaukee, but I don't think he did it with the Lakers until the eighties. So other big men in the seventies would include Moses Malone, who's probably the guy. Uh because he didn't have Wilt the Still Russell. That's amazing that Russell didn't. Did Russell do it? You, you mentioned. Did you mention Russell? No, this is the. Uh, no, it's um. This is the first guy to ever do it. It's, it's Jordan, wow. Shaq, and Giannis. Interesting. Okay. You would think that Russell would have done it, right? And we're just tossing that out there as a possibility. Um. So Moses with Philly. Did he win two MVPs? No. Bill Walton only won one. Maybe it was. Kareem, because in the, I mean, Rick Barry was the guy. Wes Unsell didn't do it much with uh, Washington. Okay, I'll I'll go Kareem here. Probably gonna hate myself when I get the answer, but I'm gonna go Kareem. This was indeed a. This is a tough. This is a toughie. This is a toughie on a Thursday. Randy Carricker has an eight-game winning streak going into today. Is he going to take it to nine? Will the Blues take their own nine-game winning streak after tonight? Or will or will theirs be broken? Who's got the nine-game winning streak when we wake up tomorrow? Is it Randy or the Blues? Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight. Average Joe Listener. The fight is driven by mobile on the run. Join the on the run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. There it is, Lee. You got a 3 2 win <laughs> over Randy Carricker. Congratulations. You, you've My taken, magic number. There it is. You've taken on a couple of other players in the in the in the fight, like Brad Barnes and in the gauntlet and the later show. So let's go through some of these answers. Let's see how you got this win. Phillip Rivers and Peyton Manning are tied for the second most consecutive four thousand yard passing seasons with eight. The only player with more with twelve is in fact Drew Brees. It was all twelve of his, his first twelve years with the New Orleans Saints from two thousand six to twenty seventeen. Wilson Contreras is eighty seven million dollar deal, the largest ever for a player who didn't previously play for the Cardinals. Randy, without even knowing it, went through our three. The options of their contracts, and it was in fact Dexter Fowler with 82.5. The only the only player in their career home run numbers with more than 50 for both a Cubs and a Cardinals uniform is actually Rogers Hornsby. He had 193 for the Cardinals and then 58 for the Cubs. Uh, Lou Brock had just 20 for the Chicago Cubs. And then the four players in NBA history that have swept the NBA awards in one season. Jordan did it twice. Shaq and then Giannis, the first man to ever do it in 1970. Willis Reed, the big man for the New York Knicks, the first one to ever do it in 1970. A 3-2 win for Lee, so he'll be coming back on Friday with a shot for round two of the fight. Congratulations, Lee. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Good job, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, 
Cowboys hosted Odell Beckham Jr., and everybody thought he was going to sign there, but he didn't. So what's next for OBJ? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. If this is something that was going to happen, it needs to happen soon. They got to get the guy in the building to see, truly get their hands on him and have him work out and do something with his knee and see where he is. So... The longer this thing goes where there's no agreement between him and the Cowboys or him and any team, I would put your money on him not playing anywhere this year, to be honest with you. That's Kerry. I'm Randy, and this is 101 ESPN. Dan Graziano? Is it, that, who, that's... Todd Archer, Cowboys oh, reporter Tartar. on Candy and okay, Carlin. There you go. On uh, Candy and Carlin on 101 ESPN. Micah Parsons was able to actually get together with Odell Beckham Jr. on his visit to Dallas after Beckham had visited with uh, both the Giants and the Bills. And Mike Parsons says that OBJ told him he expects to play in five weeks, which would be right after the regular season ended. And as the playoffs get underway, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, says he is not confident at all after seeing the workout in signing Odell Beckham Jr., unless it would be for next year. Now, one other team that's out there, CD, and it's kind of a surprise, is the Eagles, who have not closed the door on signing Beckham. Whoa. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the team that has only one loss, best record in the league. And maybe that is in part to try to get Dallas. Maybe it's an agent maneuver to try to get Dallas to sign him. Well, not necessarily, because when I watched that Eagles team, they are, they are, they have studs, and and I think they, the receiver core with uh, Devontae Smith and and AJ Brown are absolutely amazing. Their third receiver, Quez Watkins, is a guy that drops passes. He is a guy that, if you were to have an Odell Beckham Jr. in that spot, because he does get a lot of targets, he does get a lot of opportunities, but he doesn't always make the big play. You're looking at a team that could potentially it, it be untouchable because you got three guys on the outside that you have no idea which one you need to cover, which one the ball is going to be focused on. You got a running back in the backfield in, in Miles Sanders, and you have Jalen Hurts, who's able to run and pass. That wouldn't be a bad idea for that uh, Philadelphia Eagles team if they were to get him. And I would think with only one team getting the bye in the NFL playoffs now, and they have the inside track to that bye in the NFC, you'd be much more inclined, I would think, to sign a Beckham if you were pretty sure you were going to have that week off. Yeah. Rather than him taking off and starting a game right away without having the bye week. But like Todd Archer said about the Cowboys, whether it's the Eagles or the Bills or the Giants, you do need to get the guy in the building and prepare him and get him up to speed with your system. Randy, can I give you some numbers? Yeah. Because I think people often forget about Odell Beckham Jr. and and his ability to play this game. OBJ has... 7,367 yards. That would put him, he's not on the active list because he's not on an active roster right now, Mm -hmm. but we know he's going to be active at some point this year. That would put him 15th uh, on the active roster, just ahead of one, no, it would put him 14th, just ahead of one Randall Cobb. OBJ has done that in 96 games. Randall Cobb has 7,517 yards in 151 games. And so you think about what OBJ could be if he's up to 151 games, where he will be if he didn't have the injuries that he's had. He's had a couple of major leg thing. injuries, uh, uh, ankle surgery, his, his first or second year with the Giants. He's a guy that when he's healthy, we saw him in the Super Bowl last year. We saw a young man that was on his way to being the MVP of the, of the Super Bowl last season until he got hurt. If you are able to sign him and he's ready to roll, and a team like the Philadelphia Eagles – may be a team that has no need for him at this moment. The Dallas Cowboys need him. 
They mm-hmm. need a guy. They they need a true number one or a true number two receiver. Michael Gallup is still kind of dragging the, the 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 injury. He's still a little bit hurt um, and not moving as well as he had been the last couple of years. And C.D. Lamb is a is a great receiver, but if you have OBJ and he's healthy. OBJ is probably your number one. OBJ ain't going to be the number one receiver in Philadelphia. A.J. Brown is that. Mm-hmm. And and Devontae Smith is a clear 1B to, to uh, A.J. Brown's 1A. That would make a lot of sense to me, a team that doesn't need him, a team that could use him in the playoffs and make a run to win a Super Bowl if you have him as an addition. And clearly he's a guy that seems to need to be in a place with structure, which it appears they have in Philly because – when he was in Cleveland, it was a disaster because he he wants to be the guy, right? right? And when you have a quarterback, we're seeing it, Baker Mayfield now is off of his second team. Baker Mayfield wasn't a guy that could get the ball to a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. on a consistent basis, whether it was by choice or because of ineptness. He wasn't getting the ball into OBJ's hands. You, you mentioned the yards. In 59 career games with the Giants, he had 5,476 of those yards. 29 games with Cleveland, he had 1,500. So he went from basically 100 yards a game to 50 yards a game. Yep. And then with the Rams, he was really good, even though he only played half a season. But you need to have him in a place where, like you say, he's not the number one guy. And I would hope at this stage of his career... This year, he knows he's not going to be the number one guy. Well, well, he proved that he can be the number two guy last year. He was definitely, Cooper Cup was one A, 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 and he was number two uh, behind him. And so, you know, at at one point, number three before Robert Woods got hurt. Um, So he, he he has matured, he has grown, and understands it's about winning for him. I think he wants to win championships. He wants to be in a position to get paid as all NFL players do. But winning another championship for him and proving his worth on an, on a team, I think would be, you know, w- would be great for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it'd be a great story for him to to come back from another injury and rebound in the way that I believe he can. I do wonder if Jerry Jones is playing possum when he says he's not confident at all about signing Beckham. I wonder if Jerry is publicly negotiating. Because Beckham clearly wants to go yeah. to the Cowboys. Yeah, I, 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 you know what I think. If Jerry thought he was ready to roll, we we've seen Jerry make some rash decisions pretty quickly. They had to talk him off of the ledge before he uh, b- about drafting Johnny Manziel. Yep. He was yep. he was hell bent to draft Johnny Manziel, and then he basically had to pull him back. Um, so when he gets his mind on something, he's usually uh, headstrong and does not go or deter in a different direction. I I think he truly believes that OBJ may not be healthy enough for them to sign him at this point. I wonder if the Cowboys are good enough. The Cowboys are really good. I wonder if they're good enough to win in the playoffs. I don't think it, if OB, I don't know that OBJ going to the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys is the deciding factor. But if he goes to the Eagles, they definitely win versus whomever in the playoffs. If he goes to the Cowboys, they still don't beat the Eagles. That's just my personal opinion. So it, I don't, I don't think he's definitely the deciding factor. The Cowboys, they they are playing well, but they still feel. Like it's something not quite there all the way. I don't know if it's just because it's the Cowboys in my mind, but it there feels like there's something still missing from them to be a uh, championship team. For a player that has played in a total of, let's see, in the last uh, three years, he's played in a total of 10 games. He gets a lot of attention, Odell Beckham Jr. He does, always. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. That's Gary. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line as Mizzou continues to get ready for the Gasparilla Bowl. Luther Burden is going to join us here on 101 ESPN. 
You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Some room to run. Burden dancing around and gets into the end zone. How sneaky is that guy? They'll stretch the field to the wide side. Here's Burden, the elusive freshman. Stays on his feet. He will take it to the end zone. What a drive for Missouri. Capped off by the 35-yard touchdown grab by Luther Burden, his second touchdown reception of the year. First time he'll be back returning for Missouri, a very highly touted wide receiver, the top receiver in his class, and he takes it on the hop. Look at Luther! Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it is a pleasure to welcome via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, Mizzou wide receiver, pride of East St. Louis, Luther Burden III, to the show. Good morning, Luther. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing terrific. Hey, thanks for taking the time with us. And I want to start with this. How much are you looking forward to getting down to Tampa and playing in a bowl game in your freshman year? Uh, man, that's amazing. I mean, playing in Tampa... Florida, I never played down there, so we played in the Bucs Stadium. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a life. It's, it's a blessing. Now, Luther, I, I am uh, good friends with your, your former coach, Darren Sunkin, and uh, with Brandon Gregory. Give me, a, give me a, a quick synopsis, a story about those two, one of those two guys, and, and how they were as, your, as coaches for you. Well, both of them were, you know, super hard on me because, you know, uh, they – they see the potential I had in me, so they always push me, you know, to be the best version of myself. So, um, shout out to those guys, you know, helping me get to where I'm at. Hey, Luther, when you talk about that, we, we hear coaches say a lot these days, players don't like to be coached hard. It sounds like you like to. Have you always been that way? Yeah. Growing up, I mean, I had – some crazy coaches, you know, who you know got got who got mad love for the game. So, I mean, it was it was nothing but hard coaching. So, um, it, it did nothing but prepare me for the next level. Hey, we we were talking about wide receivers earlier, OBJ and a few other guys. Who is your favorite receiver of all time? And 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 uh, you know, just in the history of the game. My favorite receiver of all time. That's a good question. <laughs> so, so Luther, when I was in college, I, I graduated many, many moons ago. But I had on my wall, I had on my wall. Walter Payton, I had Emmitt Smith, I had Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk. Like I had, all, I had all of these guys up there, and I wanted to be. I d- I didn't have a favorite. I just loved all of those guys and watched uh, all of them, you know, constantly because I loved their game. Uh well I growing up I like um <laughs> well the, the guys you know there, there's a guy like Devonte Smith right now with the Eagles you're you're a little bit bigger than Devonte but I would think you, it's probably somebody who's similar in size and ability to you right is there anybody that you pattern your game after uh yeah I I try you know uh, I think I'm Similar to the Jamar Chase, so that's what I'm trying to model my game after. And that's, that's boys, not a bad guy. No, <laughs> and and he's fun to watch. Do you watch a lot of football? Do you like on Sundays? Do you sit down and watch the NFL, or are you just thinking about Luther and your game? 
well, I watch I watch mainly highlights. I don't like watching, you know, I like watching big games, but like I watch I, I usually watch highlights. Mm-hmm. Hey, tell us about this freshman yeah, I, year. Go ahead, Luther. Oh, I was just gonna say I usually watch basketball. <laughs> That's Kerry Davis, who's a Super Bowl champion with the Steelers. He's the same way. I, I'm up every night trying to watch these dang on Warriors and figure out what's going on with them. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like watching. Yeah, Steph Curry, yeah. yeah I, I, Steph I'm the same the way. way. Yep. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you know, I think a lot of times, especially those of us that didn't play, Kerry understands it. I, I don't. But we expect a freshman to walk in and on the very first day be awesome. And you have now experienced the freshman year. How much better do you think you are now than you were when you played that first game? Uh, I feel like I'm a, a whole different player. Um, I feel like I'm becoming more of a leader, you know, in the in the building, on the field. Um, and I just feel like... So, yeah, you just you're coming along. It's 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 a process, right? You're you're coming along. And one of the things you talk about leadership. You took leadership when you committed to Mizzou, and you said, "Hey, I, I want people in this town to make St. Louis, uh, make Mizzou a destination for St. Louis kids." Why did you do that? And do you feel like what you did and what you're doing is working? Yes, I definitely feel like what I did is working. Um, but what, what? Can you uh, say the question again? Yeah, I just wanted to know what when you decided to go to Mizzou. You said you wanted to be a leader for kids in St. Louis in in helping kids go to Mizzou. And I, I just want to know if if you're still doing that. And and obviously you said it is working. You're you're able to. There's a lot of St. Louis kids on their way to Mizzou, right? Yes, sir. So hey, uh, we got to ask about the chips. We got to ask about the Luther Burden chips. Did you get a chance to actually test those before you, they put your name on them? Because they're yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I got chance. Good. And, like, do you give them to your teammates? Is that, like, the snack of choice for the Mizzou football team? <laughs> yeah, everybody loves the chips. Everybody always want a bag. Everybody always, you know, I mean, they're delicious. Hey, I got one last question for you, Luther. You all played in a couple of uh, away games and, and some big stadiums. What was the loudest place that you played in this season? Probably 10 – Wait, I want to say Tennessee. I I would think yeah, it would think be. I say. Yeah, Tennessee seems like it would be. They they get pretty rowdy down there, and, and people don't know when it's that loud. You can't hardly hear your play calls in the huddle. Like you you're you're trying to yeah. hear what the quarterback is saying, but it is so hard to hear what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah, Tennessee was super loud. <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand people do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I, we know that you're you've got the chips, and people can go to Schnooks and get those chips. It's a great stuff stocking stuffer, stuffer, by the way, for the holiday season. Are you guys practicing now? Are you already in preparation for Wake? Or are you taking this week off, getting ready for finals, and doing all of that? Oh yeah, we took this week off. Uh, coaches on the road recruiting. Okay, good. So uh, you'll get going next week. Hey, Luther, have a happy holiday season. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Congratulations on your freshman year at Mizzou. It's been fun watching you play, and we're looking forward to the bowl game in 2023 also. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Take care. That is Luther Burton, the Mizzou wide receiver with us on 101 ESPN. 
And by the way, I think that might be the first interview that he's done because as a freshman, you know, he did he yeah. committed last year. But yeah. normally in high, in college football, they don't let Allow. you talk to the media. Yeah. So I think that's the first interview he's hey, done. Get better. He's, yeah, he, he's, he'll be he's fine. Good. Yeah. So hey, we appreciate him joining us here on One on One ESPN. Coming up next, we've got rock and roll here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on One on One ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right, Matthew Rocchio is going to provide a little rock, and Carrie and I will provide the role. This popped up on my Twitter yesterday, and, and I just I had to bring it up because it, it brings in a, two of my favorite things if I ever want to talk about basketball. One of them, I think my number one favorite thing about the NBA is that I think when it comes to conspiracies, uh, the NBA and I will say the NHL are just heads and tails above the other four leagues overall in like non like really like disgusting conspiracies i'm talking like fun ones where like the league's doing weird stuff because they want to make money more fun ones like that the nba and the nhl are, are two of the best ones. and specifically if you want to talk about conspiracies where the league is tampering with the playoffs or the draft i'll listen all day and especially when you narrow that down to the early 2000s and teams like the Portland Trailblazers and the New Jersey Nets getting jobbed going against gargantuan teams like the Philadelphia 76ers or the Los Angeles Lakers. And one of my favorite players from that era is Rasheed Wallace. Ball don't lie, Rasheed Wallace. Well, he's got a new podcast that he does over at Underdog Fantasy. It's called That's What Sheed Said. And he jumped on to talk about some of the issues he had with the officiating in the 2000 NBA Western Conference Finals going against the Lakers. One of the ones that has been mired apparently by Con Controversy. This was his response when he was getting ejected from, I believe, game four of that series. What? Get out! He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. They all knew. They got that email. In my head, I wanted to kick him in his chest. But, you know, I just stood right there. and Because they got that agenda. We had them. We had them. We coming from a small Portland market. How would that have looked in the finals? Small-ass Indiana market and a small-ass Portland market in the finals. No, it's all about money now. Come on, we know that the league is all about money. That wouldn't look good for TV ratings. You know, that probably would have been like the lowest finals ratings ever. Portland and Indiana, that probably would have been a Nielsen rating low. In my book. And that's Rasheed Walls commenting on it. By the way, the Indiana Pacers did, in fact, beat the New York Knicks. But, of course, what happened, the Los Angeles Lakers slaughtered the the Indiana Pacers in the finals. Rasheed has always been outspoken. I'll always appreciate how, how outspoken he is. The man got teed up a lot. NBA record for getting teed up. At uh, one point, he had 40 in one season. That was a new NBA record. He, continued, he, he, he continued to break that record a few times. But I'm here for every player from those Nets, Kings, Trailblazers teams talking about how they think they got jobbed. I'm here for it every well, time. I was a Sheed fan from college. Him and Jerry Stackhouse at North Carolina. Those were I was a I was a North Carolina fan, uh, and you know I, I watched his career. There there is some some truth to to some of the. Uh, there's like five documentaries about Tim Donaghy. Tim, Tim Donaghy making and, and some, t- some decisions. And Donaghy <laughs> teed up Sheed at a, at a, yep. at a high rate. Yep. Donaghy um, was the, an official in one of the Portland Trailblazers series, not in 2000 and 1999. He was also an official in those those famous Kings games against the Lakers where, again, a lot of calls. In, Sheed, in, in the Lakers and the NBA's defense, the total free throw count 
is actually not that crazy. It's 220 to the Lakers to 204 for the Portland Trailblazers. And mind you, that is a Lakers team with, with two Shaq. of the greatest foul free throw getters in NBA history, not just Shaquille O'Neal, but also a young Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So while I can understand where Sheed's coming from, but again, if you tell me this, if you want to talk to me about the frozen envelope, Patrick Ewing to the New York Knicks, you want to talk to me again about any of those lower market teams getting jobbed out of Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals, I will listen to that talk all day. Anytime there's a Tim Donaghy interview or a new documentary about the NBA potentially cheating, I'm here for it. Every single time you bring it up, I'm going to be here for it. I do think, though, that the NFL, the NBA is smart enough to recognize that they're a national sport. Yeah. Otherwise... Why would Cleveland ever get LeBron James, right? Why Why would the the San Antonio Spurs be allowed to win five championships, yeah. right? Now, granted, you, had, you haven't had many with two small market teams, but I think that if you have a megastar, it doesn't matter what market that megastar is in. Didn't Cleveland play San Antonio in the finals? Isn't they, is that the one oh, yeah, that, they, that they swept LeBron? Oh yeah, two thousand six. His first one. So seven. Yeah. I am not a a a person that believes in. I don't really believe in conspiracy theories as a as a whole. Like I think you have parties that do certain things, but that doesn't make it a conspiracy amongst the NBA. So what I mean by that is if Tim Donahue is intentionally mm-hmm. calling technical fouls, that doesn't mean that David Stern told him to do it. I don't I don't go that far in terms of of the conspiracies. Now, like I said, Tim Donahue obviously was was calling some some terrible calls and making some some terrible mistakes and he went to jail for it did, yeah. after a while yes, because he, it, he was he was caught up in it. So you know, those things happen. I think it's more like, a, I guess, a lone wolf type of a deal as opposed to a a group of people putting it all together, sitting behind a, room, a wall uh, in a room and, and deciding to alter people's futures. I do believe, though, that whether it was David Stern or now Adam Silver, that there is a bias towards the Lakers and the Celtics. You think so? Certainly, with the, with those two franchises, because those are must see TV. If you can get the Lakers into the finals, or if you can get the Celtics, well, and preferably for them, if you can get both, that's what it's all in terms of TV. That's what it's all about. But I don't. I I, I just maybe I am I am just naive to the point where I I find it hard. Randy, th- listen, I, <laughs> I I don't think that a David Stern or Adam Silver would have the 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 guts to do that to a I don't know a certain group of guys to where they would feel you know mistreated or or unfairly not given something that that they rightfully deserved I think it would be a I think it's difficult by the way in that 2000 playoffs that Rasheed Wallace talked to the Kings had the Lakers too in the first round yeah 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 and that's that series ended in five it did yeah again there's 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 something going on again. If it's Donaghy and just some, just some, just one or two refs, that's one thing. Uh, you cannot convince me that there has not been lottery. See, there's not, there, the, you can't convince the, me there hasn't you, been lottery. See, chicanery. the problem can't is when people me. get to saying these things, then more people start believing these you, things. You, this is what makes it great. This is what makes it nuts. Carrie, Randy, Carrie, there's video <laughs> evidence. You can go to YouTube right now. There is a bent corner. In that, there's a bent corner on that envelope in like the 87 draft. There is a bent so, corner, so is Gary it, Davis. Is it, is it a possibility that the envelope just got bent somehow, some way? Is that a possibility? You don't want to believe what? that. Uh-huh. Does, see, th- because if you just, believe, just hold on, hold on. Because if you can believe one way, you 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 just throw out the other op- uh, the other options, mm-hmm. the other possibilities. Yeah, that's maddening. They're, che- they're <laughs> cheating, Carrie. And the other part of it is, if you are going to 
present the Knicks, the first round pick with Patrick Ewing, then why don't you ever have him win? There you go. That's a good point. Well, there was one Michael Jeffrey Jordan in the way of that. But even the two years, I mean, they lost to Houston, right? In the they finals lost to Houston. in 94 during uh, the OJ yep. chase. And they lost to the Spurs, didn't they? Did they make it to the Spurs the, the first time in, in 99? Yeah, they I lost think, to yeah, the Spurs yeah, as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, the, the strike shortened season. But why would you ever have New York lose to San Antonio? Exactly. Rock. Okay. There, now we can throw that 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 conspiracy theory right, away. That's, that's fair enough. One more thing really quickly goes. Will, if if the Blues get number nine today of letting a, a team score three goals in one period, I want you guys to pick which period it happens. Ooh. Third. Second. It's always second. Almost the, always I'll, second. I'll, I'll take the first, then. It's going to be a rough start for the Blues, apparently. This yeah, it, was the, it was the third the other night against the Islanders. It was the second for most of them. Yeah, they come out and just, I don't know what they're doing there after the first. The number of the day is <laughs> nine. nine. <laughs> Maybe coming your way tomorrow. You never know. Greg Amsinger is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We are efforting Greg Amzinger. I think he's flying home today. He might be out on the golf course for one more round in San Diego. He had a great time playing golf in San Diego. He's got the gig going now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's uh, having an outstanding time playing golf. And it's still sunny and nice and warm in San Diego. Yeah. It, it can get a little warm. I mean, a little cool. A little cool at night, and, yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it really cool. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does not compare to what we're dealing with, you know. It's not terrible here, though. No. All right. We're going to get to a couple of mic drops if we don't get in touch with Greg. But, CD, I want us both to give what we hope the Cardinals will do next because they aren't ready to be big winners over the course of six months. And Mm -hmm. you know my thoughts about the postseason. It's pretty random. But over the course of six months, they're going to need another starting pitcher. It's just not going to be a season where you get by with five or six starting pitchers. That doesn't exist in Major League Baseball anymore. So I want to get another pitcher that I'm reasonably confident in to get me through some of those bumps in the road when a Flaherty or a uh, a Wainwright or a Mats or a Montgomery or a Michaelis, when they get hurt, because that's inevitable. And the other thing is when, when you talk to relief pitchers that were down in the Cardinal bullpen when they were rolling through the 2000s. People talk about what a great leader Jason Isringhausen was. By the way, he's still in the organization helping young pitchers, but how much he affected the young relievers down there and got them to kind of relax. Mm -hmm. And Russ Springer was another guy down in that bullpen that really helped a young bullpen grow up. In, In 06, that was a super young bullpen in the in the playoffs, and the Cardinals were able to get through because mentally those guys were prepared, and it's not an easy job. So I would like to see the Cardinals go out and get a veteran relief pitcher that can help lead those young relievers through the stresses that are inevitable when you're coming in in a tight game in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. So you want a relief pitcher, not another starter. I want a starter. I want both. I, so, I, want, I so, want a starter that I can count on, and then a relief pitcher like an Adam Ottavino who's been around the block. One of those type guys. If you are a in the market for a starting pitcher, and, and we don't know, I don't know how much money 
they have left or or how much more they're willing to spend. Um, Carlos Rodon is still out there, as well as Chris Bassett from the from the Mets. He was a uh, thought. He, I, I, I think when I look at his his stats, he seems more along the lines of what the Cardinals would be gunning for in terms of similar to to a Miles Michaelis and and what an Adam Wainwright is right now. I am shooting lower than that. Okay, because you want to spend less money, or well, because I, I would prefer to spend less money. Okay, but I don't. I don't think that there, uh, unless you, you can get an Evaldi or, or a Bassett, but I don't think that those guys are substantially better than what the Cardinals have. You think so, they are similar to what they have right now? Yeah. So what I want is a guy that can fill in in case of injury. A guy that I wanted last year was um, Zach Davies. He's out there. It doesn't appear as if there's an awful lot of interest in Sean Manaya, mm-hmm. who wants to be a Cardinal. He went to Evansville. He's a Midwest guy, grew up a Cardinal fan. And there's a left-hander. Now, you, you do put him in your rotation, or at least let him battle for a rotation spot. But a, a guy like him, a guy like Syndergaard, I think is worth taking a look at. But uh, How I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a... I think he's 32, 33. Okay. I, I want a guy that I can give a one-year contract to. That's basically what I'm looking for, is, is a guy that I can give a one-year contract to that is kind of in prove-it mode, and if I don't have a healthy starting five, that guy can help me get through the, the times when I don't. Another name that, that popped up on this list was Michael Walker. Who Interesting, we, who, yeah. we, who we obviously know yep. here. Um, performed well when he was healthy, but you know some injuries... Caught the injury bug a little bit. And if he were able to come back into the fold, how would you feel about that name? The only problem with Michael, and I love his stuff, I love his ability, but he's also at this stage of his life incapable of pitching out of the bullpen Mm -hmm. because he has such a regimen from one start to the other, from one pitching performance to another. So if he gives you a sixth and a seventh inning on Wednesday, you probably won't see him until Sunday. He's going to have hmm. to take Thursday, Friday, Saturday off to get ready to pitch again. Even even with not pitching the same amount of exactly. Games. Yeah, Got you. that's just the way his body is right now. Yeah, I roll out of Vino instead. Yeah, uh, and hey, you get a guy that wears either zero or double zero. It's always good to have that guy, that guy in your team. That's true. Also, more Missouri Tigers. Oh yeah. Yep. Right, Carrie, uh, we, we yeah, get yeah. as many as possible, right? That's Carrie? what I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, want to get, I want to get a couple of mic drops in <laughs> here. Let's get to Scott, who was kind enough to give us a mic drop here on 101 ESPN. Cardinal fans need to get over it. Wilson Contreras was the perfect signing. He gives exactly what we needed, which was a offensive catcher. Uh, fills a hole for our lineup. It fills our hole. Uh, for a catcher, I think fans need to get over the fact that we were not going to find a perfect Yadier replacement. If they thought we would get a less catcher, uh, a less expensive catcher, and then go out and get a guy like Carrera, Cardinal fans are delusional. We got exactly what we needed. And, CD, I know you agree with that. I think the other part of this is that people want that big-time impact left-handed hitter. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to roll the dice on Cody Bellinger, but I still think that's a roll of the dice. I don't think what the Cardinals need was available to them in this offseason. To to find a left-handed slugger right now that's available is pretty difficult. And so if they would have made the trade for Murphy— 
whether it, it, they lose Gorman or Donovan, and they certainly didn't want to give up Donovan or Newt Bar, they don't want to give up the left-handed hitters they already did have for a catcher because then that you're you're filling one hole but opening up another. So I have no problems with this because. To the Cardinals, that left-handed slugger apparently was not available. I, I am thrilled by the decision. If you were going to pay Cody Bellinger $17 million, if you had the choice between paying Cody Bellinger $17 million a year or paying uh, Wilson Contreras $17 million a year, you would take Wilson Contreras He's at the same time. more of a sure thing yes. at this it, stage it, Even though Bellinger the Cody is. Bellinger deal was, was a one-year deal, I, I yeah. still think that Wilson Contreras is, Contreras is going to be an outstanding uh, catcher for this team, for this organization. And as we said earlier, when he comes to the point where you know he, his body is too beat up or, or unwilling to play catcher every single day, he's a he's a DH. He's your DH right now, and now you bring in another catcher that you feel like uh, can take that spot. The starting pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, is only thirty years old. He he feels like 30, he's yeah. he feels like he's older. Yeah, because he pitched in the 2015 <laughs> World Series. Right? He's been around for a while and yeah. been pitching well for a while, um, but. Is that a is that a, a, a multiple year guy or is that a one year? He signed a one year deal last year and didn't do anything to to, to earn, earn more. a multi year deal. So then you would do a one year deal, yeah, and and maybe see how that and how that plays out. He's a guy that can pitch out of the bullpen, and the Cardinals apparently have had interest in a guy like that before. He would intrigue me. Now I just want to run down the list here, by the way, of the top ten left handed hitting OPS guys last year. Jordan okay. Alvarez, you aren't getting him. No. Jose Ramirez, you aren't getting him. Just signed a big long-term contract with the, the Guardians. Freddie Freeman, you aren't getting him. Then he's not playing in front of your first baseman anyway. Rafael Devers has a year left on his deal, but apparently the Red Sox are going to try to sign him. But again, he's a third baseman. Is he going to play in front of Arenado? Probably not. Uh, Shohei Otani, you're not getting him this year. Hey, hey, now. He's... He's due, he's a bargain at thirty million dollars, and by the way, next year he's going to get sixty five million. So so, I mean, you you solve a couple of issues there, don't you? I would love to have the guy, <laughs> but if you're the what, Angels, what it, are you giving so, up for, for for Shohei? What are you? What would you be willing to give? Now up? you know it's only one year. Okay. With the hopes with the hopes that you would be able to resign him, Kerry. He's going to make $65 million a year. <laughs> so he won't ever be a Cardinal? No. Okay. No. He is a $40 million starter, and he's a $25 million a year bat. So if he, you were, he, He's literally a $65 million a year if player. If you were the Cardinals for one season, and you were willing to give up for, for one season this $30 million, who would you... Who is on the table? Who, let, let, it might I be gotta, easier to ask who is not on the table. I, I got to think about this. Uh, I <laughs> because, would have to come up with... Because it, I feel like it solves a few issues for at least one yep. season. Because I know that if I'm the Angels and I'm coming to the Cardinals, I'm going to start with Jordan Walker. No, he can't. You can't have. That's why I said who is who is. If you're the Cardinals, there have to there has to be three or four guys that are you Goldie Arenado, um, mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras, and Jordan Walker are off the table. Okay, which means pretty much everybody else is well, what, on the table. What I need is two starters and two major league ready position players, two. and they all need to be studs. Okay, who, Miles Michaelis. No, if I'm the Angels, I don't, don't want, want Michaelis. That. Okay, Dakota it, Hudson. Not no. no. 
No, no. not good enough. Not Jordan Montgomery. Trade. Stop yeah. it. No, this trade's not We don't happen. have anything. No. no. Nothing? No. Nothing. No. If you take away those four guys, nothing no. that, that could I, I don't disagree. I'm just, yeah. you know, just, no. just trying to see no. if we can figure this out. Hey, let's get one more mic drop. <laughs> Shohei Otani's going to play for the Yankees. Just, just sit down and accept the fact that yep. it's going to happen one day. I with, have that much money. Is he going to play with Aaron Judge there? <laughs> let's get to Jen. Hey, guys. It's Jen. Hey, What's your? I, I love the Wilson Contreras deal. I love it. It's a step in the right direction. Um, it's another bat in the lineup to help Goldie and Arnado. But what's your take on Tyler O'Neill? Because I, I feel like I'm done with it. I, you know, he overexerts himself stealing a base, and he's out for a while. He overexerts himself in the outfield, runs down a ball or dives, and he's out for a while. So I'm kind of done with the Tyler O'Neill. Ex- Experiment. What's your take on that? I, I love the fact that he's in town this offseason working. It's amazing, isn't it? And, and Jen, I'm not unlike you at all, but we're criticizing a guy for trying hard. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, I also say, okay, you just came back from a hamstring. Why are you running so hard down to first base? Why are you trying so hard in the outfield when we know the potential for injury is so great? That's unfair. Because that's who he is. And and the one thing about when you are that way, when you are built that way, I had a teammate when I grew up with, his name was Andrew. I, I'll never forget this. He would walk and his father would make him sprint to first base. It was just what he had to do. He would get a walk and he would sprint to first base every single time. It never failed. If he did if he if he jogged, if he walked, sprint and he would have to run. That's just what he was taught. And so Tyler O'Neill has clearly been taught to hustle. To work hard. It's the thing that got him there. It's the thing that is keeping him there. The only issue is he is wound so tight that when he does do things, he's going to pull some. It's hard to tell a player, okay, you got an injury. Don't give it your all if that's what you're accustomed mm-hmm. to doing. And, and and one of the hardest things that I had to learn is learning how to dial it back just a little bit because you want to continue to go, 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 go. And at some point, your body is saying, no, stop, slow down, relax. And so he has to figure out that balance between hustling, doing everything the right way, giving everything he has, but also understanding his body and taking better care of his body so that he's able to play a full season. So, Jen, here's why I am not done with O'Neal. It's because we are 14 months removed, 14 months removed from Tyler O'Neal finishing up a season in which he had a 9-12 OPS and had 34 home runs. And I just think there's too much ability there for the Cardinals to be done with it right now. And, oh, by the way, if he does get hurt May 1st, you bring up Jordan Walker. That's... (laughs) That that is your backup plan right now. See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want Jordan Walker to be the backup plan to Tyler O'Neill. I want them in the outfield together. Well, they, w- I, I want them to be, be nice because, because nice. Tyler O'Neill, when healthy, he is a he is a Gold Glover. He's a Gold Glove winner. He is a he is a guy that is a potential MVP candidate only because he's done that in the past. Yep. He's he's been able and shown you that he can be that when he's healthy. Can you stay healthy? And that is one of the hardest questions to have on a player is your availability. How you're, you're, the best ab- ability is availability. Mm-hmm. And if you are unavailable, it's going to be hard for you to continue to, to play and have success in the league. And that's why this is a monster year for him. Indeed. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. And coming up, we're going to head down the stretch towards a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax on 101 ESPN. Guys, what's with all the negative Nancys? You're 
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Big show tomorrow. You've got Joe Vitale. You've got Robert Thomas talking some hockey. Hopefully we can get Greg Amsinger tomorrow since he blew us off today. Is that did we get big timed by uh, Amsinger? I, I don't think we got big timed. Yeah, I think Greg, it was, yeah, it was more probably of, a miscommunication. More of the schedule shift yeah. because here's the thing: because we call him every week at eight thirty his time, seven thirty uh-huh. our time. Yeah, today yeah. we were calling him at seven thirty his time because he's on the coast, nine thirty our time. So I wonder if just the hour of it being usually being eight thirty and then being seven thirty just kind of threw him off a little bit. That was a lot for my brain to process that quickly. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying it. You see how easily it could get screwed up? Mm-hmm. It's complicated, guys. It is. It, t- it can happen. Listen, there's only three times. Zo- there's four. Uh, <laughs> never mind. See, this is my point. There's only four times, and yet somehow I still screw these things up sometimes. What so happens. happens? All right. Hey, we are uh, giving you the opportunity to get a jersey from either. Brad Thompson or Jamie Rivers. It's to benefit the Little Bit Foundation. All you need to do is make a donation at 101ESPN.com and you can get that number 48 Thompson jersey or that number 6 Rivers jersey, a 101ESPN Thompson or Rivers jersey. And uh, it's the uh, 12 days of t-shirts here on 101ESPN. Trying to raise money for the Little Bit Foundation and uh, you guys are doing great in terms of getting your shirts. They're fantastic, comfortable shirts. You'll absolutely love them. So just go to 101ESPN.com and order your shirts today. And what a wonderful gift. Wouldn't you love to have a family member go to a, a game and wearing a Rivs jersey at a Blues game or a Thompson jersey at a Cardinal game? It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, everybody's going to say, where'd you get that? They will. They won't want, they, And they will want one. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have to do a black and gold uh, CD number 38 jersey. Ah, way, right? I like it. Yeah. Oh, for that. Yeah. I'll sign it, too. Yeah. Oh, see, we're all over this. Good. <laughs> Either our show's over, and we're, when we walk out, we're going to get whacked here because Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Madden, our boss, is in the doorway, or he's coming in just to talk to uh, Mike Ryder, our executive producer. I don't know what it is. I think we'll be fine. I hope we are. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, great job by our producer uh, engineer today, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure, Randy. Thank you. It was great. CD? Thank you, sir. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show, participating with your mic drops today. We've got... Timmy McKernan, Timothy Michael McKernan, and Action Jackson coming up. It's the last day of the balloon party by this week. By the way, this week, guys. Oh, we're, to, we're long tomorrow. Yeah, we're we going are. tomorrow. We're tomorrow. Bonus tomorrow. coverage. Oh, yeah. Bonus coverage. So we, got now, lot, we got a lot of hockey. Maybe Greg Gamzer. We're going to have a comedian join us in the first hour. Have a little fun in the 7 o'clock hour. Get you, get you going in the morning a little bit. If like something it. happens at 10, 10, 10, 20, we'll be we here. We will be we here. We will, you yes. won't be able to hear us tell you about it. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Hey, thanks for everything. Until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar... 
you're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.